enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone, your end time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody. I'm actually having some issues right here. Um, because I have the show running somewhere on the computer, and I have no idea where it's running at. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. I will come back, and hopefully I can resolve the issue real quickly. Um, it's a it's an echo, if you're wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, so um, sit back, relax, and then I'll bring my guest on uh, in a brief moment. We'll be right back. Uh, and uh, very interesting. 
Um, I believe today might wake up a few watchers. You know, we're like bears. We go and hibernate when there's nothing happening or when there's a big event that happened, you already ate up all the food. You know, you ate a rabbit up or uh, actually rabbits are quite small. You, you find your deer, you tear it apart, and you eat it. And then once you're full, you go hibernate. Well, watchers do the same thing, but we we wait for a major event. When it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen, and then we go hibernate for a while. But um, uh, we need. That's why the Bible says we need to stay stay awake and be watchful. And that is the number one thing. All right. So um, sit back and relax, and uh, we're going to bring our guest on. And um, he's he's made quite a few videos on YouTube, and I I pretty much sure. Um, he's made a, um, a update today on what was going on in the Middle East, um, and uh, y'all should check that out. We get some more information on that update as well, so you can have a visual of what was going on. So, um, without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest, Frank. You there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Actually, I had to turn up my speaker. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not overpowering you. So, I I have no way. Okay, I have no way of um turning down my mic. So I'm gonna turn it down just a tad bit. You can hear me and let me know, because when you put this thing on YouTube or somewhere else, it's kind of it, it comes in when I'm not, you know the, the the host is dominating the guest. It doesn't it doesn't fare well. But how's how you doing? I'm doing very well. It's been a really busy day. I've been uh, I posted a, a lot of articles today, and I posted uh, a lot of videos today because of all the different things that were going on. So yes. it's been a long day. Yes, it has. It has. Um, so uh, let's start off by talking about uh, what, what's transpiring in the Middle East. Well, one of the things that I've been trying to wake up, first of all, is my ministry is in two parts. One part is to wake up the dead church. And yeah. I would say that the majority of the people who claim that they're Christians know nothing about what's, what the Lord told us to watch for. And when you read the scriptures, for example, in Matthew 24, uh, three times the Lord told us, you know, keep on the watch. We're supposed to be doing this. So... Most yeah. of the people don't read the Bible. Most of the people aren't abiding in Christ. And most of the people are oblivious to what's going on uh, in relation to the word of the Lord compared to current events. And right yeah. now, today especially, in my book, uh, one of the chapters I have, there's a chapter that I center on the coming Psalm 83 war. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just gave a, uh, a seminar in Palm Springs where I gave a two-part series, one on the coming Psalm 83 war, and then the other one was on the uh, Ezekiel chapter 38 war. Now, the Psalm 83 war uh-huh. is the one that's going to be coming first. Now, yes. if anybody that's out there, if they go to my website, uh, which is BibleProphecyMan.com, uh, just about every single day I put up a photo that I took when I was in Israel, and in that photo I outlined the exact nations who the Lord showed us that were going to attack Israel in the last day, days. 
And when you yep. see that photo, you'll see on the left-hand side are the Old Testament names. Uh-huh. And they and I numbered them one through ten. And then on the right-hand side, you will see the modern-day names of these people. And we know yep. specifically when the Lord gives us this information, he tells us that it's going to be the Jordanians, it's going to be the uh, <clears throat> the Saudis or the Ishmaelites who were the father of the Arabs, as most people yes. should understand. Yep. And uh, we see the, the Palestinians both in the north and uh, in the south. We yep. see Egypt, which are the Hagarines, the Hezbollah, modern-day, uh, they're in Lebanon, uh-huh. the uh, army of the Lebanese. You have yep. the Palestinians who are in the uh, the Gaza Strip, which is a lot of problems right now. You have the Palestinians yes, in North Jordan, and you have the 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 Philistina in the Old Testament. But those those are the modern day Palestinians, who the Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Then of course you yep. have the Hezbollah in southern in Lebanon, and then last on the list is Syria, which is modern day Syria, and everybody should be aware of what's going on in Syria. Yeah. So I've been I've been showing the people that there have there has been in two thousand the last part of two thousand eleven and two thousand and twelve, that's when the Arab uprising took place. Uh-huh. And that that Arab uprising set the precedent for what we know is going to be happening in the very new future future, excuse me, and uh kings are being uh put down. And new kings are coming into play, and I believe with all my heart that God is arranging the kings that He has ordained to be in position when these prophecies are going into uh, into effect. For example, in Daniel chapter two, verse twenty-one, God tells us God changes the times and the seasons, and He removes kings and He sets up kings, and He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those that have understanding. And one of the things that I tell the people, look. You're going to get all kinds of wisdom and understanding from the Word of God. And if you don't read the Word of God, you're going to be void of this understanding of the things that are going to be coming down on the world in the last days. And along with this, because we're seeing turmoil, we're seeing turmoil that is coming on the world, and we know exactly at the time period that this, all of this destruction is going to happen. And for that, the people should understand First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, which I quote quite often on my YouTube videos and at my site and when I give my live presentations. And yeah. so that word says in First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, which prevail upon a woman, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. So... Right there, it tells us there's a warning there in that scripture. Actually, two. The first part says, when you hear the call for peace and safety. Well, obviously, if you've been watching the news, especially this week, they're talking about going to the U.N. The Palestinians talking about going to the U.N. The Abbas, the Palestinian leader, has told the prime minister of Israel that uh, they are going to try to get the U.N. to, to make them an observer member. And Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, said if you do that, we're going to uh, disband the Oslo Agreement that was signed in 1993. So we're, we're hearing the jargon about the call for peace and safety. So that 
first part of that prophecy is already in effect. Now, the second part of that prophecy that Jesus gave to uh, the Apostle Paul was the sudden destruction. And so what was he talking about, the sudden destruction? Well, if you read the rest of the scripture, when it says that these things are going to come as travail upon a woman with child, all you have to do is go back to when the original call for peace and safety started. Yeah. And that started in 1979 with Jimmy Carter, Mahakam Begin, and Anwar Sadat, the leader of Egypt, the leader of Israel, and, of course, Jimmy Carter was the president. And uh-huh. that's when they had the official call for peace and safety, and they actually got the peace plan uh, between Egypt and Israel signed. And since then, we've been hearing the call for peace and safety. There's never been a lasting peace. And yes. since 1979, we have seen skirmish after skirmish, and we even see war uh, yep. that took place. For example, in 2006, and then again in 2008 and 9, we saw the border uh, destruction between Israel and the Lebanese and the Gaza and the Palestinians. So all these things are coming into play in the last days. But today's news, yep. I mean, it was... Uh-huh. It was a, a, when you go to my site, like I said, I put in three different, uh, three different, or actually four different videos because there's so much that are going on. But yeah. for the people who don't know anything, at the beginning uh, of this year, Egypt is going to be playing a major role in Bible prophecy. We know that because Egypt is mentioned in the Psalm 83. And not uh-huh. long ago, there was 2 million Egyptians who went into Tyre Square, and they were calling for the march of Jerusalem to destroy Israel. Now, yep. when you think about what has happened just in the last year in, in relation to the friendship that Israel and Egypt had based on that 1979 agreement, that, has been, that, has, that agreement has been holding all these years, and now all of a sudden... It switched. Mubarak was thrown out of office because of this Arab uprising. And now, and of course, last year before uh, Marcy was elected as the, uh, the head of the Egyptian government, I told mm-hmm. people exactly what was going to happen and why, based on the word of the Lord. And I showed them, I said, yeah. look, it, we know who the enemies are, and we know that some, some way, somehow, the peace treaty that we saw established in 1979 is going to disintegrate because Egypt is listed as one of the nations that will come. So what does that tell you? It just tells you something happened. And, of course, we didn't know what it was. We didn't, we didn't understand what it was. But our generation has been privileged, the privileged generation, to see these things come into fruition. And now, as a time lapse has come, we know exactly what brought down the peace the treaty, and we know that, obviously, the Muslim Brotherhood is now installed in the Egyptian government, and over the course of this, these couple of months, we have seen Egypt call Israel the number one enemy. And so, you know, we're, we're going into the strait of our moose. I mean, you're talking about some bad situations here, now, today, yeah, yeah. The, I've been warning the people, one of these mornings I'm going to get woken up, or one of these evenings I'm, there's going to be a special report talking about the war in Israel and how yeah. the Arab nations bordering Israel are going to attack or have attacked Israel and war has broken out. 
And I believe that we're going to see this very, very shortly. One of the reasons why I'm saying this is if those, the people that want to read the word of the Lord, all they have to do is go to Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 24 through 26. And let me me just read this because this is going to tie everything. Now, a lot of people out there are probably going to say, well, you're talking about the Ezekiel. Okay, I think I lost. You still there? Okay, there you go. You still there? Yeah, we we having a little technical uh, difficulty, but uh, go ahead. One of us will be heard. Okay. So what I was going to say is, some of the people are going to probably ask, why are you going to read a scripture from Ezekiel? Isn't that about the Ezekiel thirty-eight war? Well, Ezekiel gives us some information about the army of Israel. And when you look at Ezekiel 28, verses 24 and 26, it says this, And there shall be no longer a prickling briar or a painful thorn for the house of Israel from among all who are around around them. In other words, all the nations that circle Israel, which are, by the way, all the nations that I listed uh, from 1 to 10 that are in the Psalm 83. It says, Thus saith the Lord, when I have gathered the house of Israel from the peoples among, or gathered, uh, excuse me, but when I have gathered the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered and am hallowed in them in the sight of the Gentiles, then they will dwell in their own land which I gave to my servant Jacob. So there's promised land that was given to the Jews, all right? But they don't have this yet because so far they got this prickling briar and painful thorn by the Arabs who are surrounding them. But then it goes on to say, and they will dwell safely there, build houses, and plant vineyards. Yes, they will dwell securely, all right? Well, the difference between the Ezekiel War, Ezekiel chapter 38 and Psalm 83, is the fact that right now Israel has walled bars and gates up, all right? And right now, Israel, this prophecy right here from Ezekiel 28 is still in effect because the Arabs are are just like this prickling briar and this painful sore or the thorn in Israel's side. There's no peace there, and we saw this today that I'm going to be covering some of the articles that happened today. And so what does that tell us? Well, well, That tells us from Ezekiel chapter 37, where God showed us that he was going to raise up this army from dry bones. The purpose of that army is is the salvation of the nation of Israel. Now, hold on. Listen to what I'm going to say here. By uh, By the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, God raised up this army particularly to to make sure that Israel would not be destroyed. But now we know from 1948, the day after the uh, Israelis became a, a state, on, at midnight on the on the uh, March 15th, they were attacked by the air, and Israel won that war. Now they didn't even have an army; they just had a bunch of immigrants who had migrated over to the homeland. They didn't even speak one language because Hebrew wasn't uh, brought back yet like the prophecy said it would be. And of course, it is now. But we see that this army 
that just a ragtag army that just picked up weapons and fought, they won that war. And so we saw the same thing happen in 1967. We saw the same thing in 1973. And it was the IDF that over the years have become this giant army that nobody is going to defeat. And the next war, the purpose of this army being raised by God, we see it in Psalm 83. Because this is the last war that the IDF is going to fight. How do we know that? Well, when you read Ezekiel chapter 38, we know, and 39, we see that when the assault comes down by the Russians and Iranians and the Turks and Morocco and all those nations that are mentioned in there, God intervenes and he fights that war. It's not the IDF. And then the next war that takes place is going to be fought at the Battle of Armageddon by Jesus Christ. So the last battle that will be fought by the Israelis That army will be fought in Psalm 83, and that war is coming up. And we know that that war is going to happen uh, because the walls are still up. They're not secured. And as soon as the Psalm 83 war is finished, Ezekiel chapter 28 is going to be fulfilled. The prickling briar and the painful thorn that's in in the house of Israel will be finished. It will be oh, finished, uh, and then, the, and then yeah. the promised land that God gave to Jacob, the, what's going to happen is Israel is going to spread out even more than they are right now because yep. they, they are going to be victorious. And then this prophecy is going to come into fruition, and what's going to happen, you notice that in the reading there in Ezekiel 28, it says they're going to dwell safely. Well, then when oh. you go to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, you're going to see that when that attack happens, That attack happens when Israel thinks that they're dwelling safely, and there's no wall, no bars, and no gates. So you'll see the complete distinction of the Psalm 83 war compared to what's going to happen after that war. So all that's going to happen is when the world sees, the Islamic nation sees that their allies who surrounded Israel are wiped out, then there's going to be a small time of... uh, that will last, and only God knows how long that will be. But we do know that eventually what will happen is Israel is going to take down that uh, 320-mile wall that stands 20 20 foot high, and there will be no more barred gates, and they're going to be living in the the setup for that prophecy. The puzzle will come together, and then the next attack will take place. So what we're seeing now, for example, in the article that I put up today, it says this, and this came from the Israeli, the, the Times of Israel. Rockets fired likely from Sinai at an Israel community along the Egyptian border. You, you have to understand, if you've been following this as long as I have, you'll realize that there hasn't been an exchange in the Sinai since the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And now we have these Egyptian tanks move in. They've already had problems with those tanks last week, and now we got more problems uh, with the shelling over into into Israel. So we're seeing that Egypt is a major player, and they're starting to come closer to the border. And, man, I'm telling you, when you see these things, you're talking about the Hagarenes of the Old Testament listed in Psalm 83, getting ready to come against Israel. And then uh-huh. there's another another article that came out today. There were so many. It said, complication, the U.S. ally 
Egypt gets involved, says we'll no longer tolerate Israel's Gaza's attack. So now we're getting the war. We're talking war talk here. Listen to what it says. There's only a matter of time before today's Israeli offenses ran into a snag. The complication, Egypt, which has long been trading or, or treading the fence, being uh, both pro-U.S. regional power, someone who has to, buy, to provide the joint guarantees on Egyptian bonds and to supply the local tear gas canisters in exchange for a friendly Suez Canal administrator, as well as the pro-Muslim presence. And today, the government was taken to task by ruling by the ruling Islamic mother, the Muslim Brotherhood, which I, I told the people last year who was going to get elected, which felt the need to be true to its name and express disgust at the Israeli action in Gaza. And from the APF, Egypt's Islamic Freedom and Justice Party, formerly headed by the President Mohammed Marsi, said that Wednesday Egypt would no longer stand by as Israel attacks the Palestinians after airstrikes killed the Hamas leader. Now, that is, that's a big deal, because what they're telling people is they're going to attack Israel. And what happened is, earlier today, when I found out that the Hamas leader had been killed by the Israelis because of all these rockets, you've got to understand, since Saturday, there were 160 rockets that poured in on Israel, and then Israel sent in their air force, and they bombed these uh, these people, and they're, they're expert at finding their target. And so not only did they kill the Hamas leader today, they also killed his son. And what this did is ignite a powder cake that I believe that is going to end up uh, either it's going to be a major, major birth pain, or it possibly it could even go in uh, to be the prelude to Psalm 83 war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of things... Uh, to consider when we see what's going on here. Yes. Wow. Well, you lost. I lost you for a while, man. Um, Skype takes me off, so you. Were, I'm glad you kept talking. <laughs> I had to call back in on my cell phone. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. I I um, am looking at the Middle East, and I see um, exactly what you just said. Um, it's, it's almost like it's, uh, calling off the pages of the Word of God and jumping right into the the, the streets of the Middle East. So, um, so well, it's what, definitely, you know, look at, tell the people that are listening, they can go to my site, and the Lord, when he gave me instructions to get into this ministry, when he put me in this ministry, he said, never charge anybody. So that they can go to my website today, and they can get my latest book, November, I believe it's November 8th, I update all the information as much as possible because once I have funds, I release those funds, I publish the book, and we send it all over the world to as many places as I can possibly send it. But you can actually read it today uh, for free online. But when, what I show you in the Psalm 83 chapter is every single one of those nations that God has told us about, they're coming together right now against Israel. And it's getting worse. For example, last year, uh, I told the people what to expect from Bashar al-Assad and what, you know, the, the Arab uprising was taking effect in Syria. Because in Scripture, we know, for example, in Isaiah 71, 
and also in Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 24 through 27, the prophets tell us that Syria is going to be ruined. Uh, Damascus is going to be left in a ruinous heap. Now, a, a while back, back about two in the last year, when I was watching the developments that were going, and I knew that they were heading towards Syria, the, one of the things that the Lord pressed upon my heart was a, a, a dog or a raccoon in the corner uh, is going to lash out, and they're going to lash out at Israel. And I, I told the people, I said, look, this is what you should expect from Bashar al-Assad. He said that if outside forces were to come and attack him, or if he thought he was going to lose power, what he was going to do is attack Israel. Now, why would he do that? Well, he would simply do that to, in my opinion, to bring on the fruition, if you will, of Psalm 83. Because if the Syrians attacked Israel and the rest of those nations saw that Syria was coming full force at Israel, they would more than likely jump in on the bag wagon thinking that they're going to be able to destroy Israel, but to their surprise, Israel would do something. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, um, whether they have a limited nuclear bomb or whether it's some kind of new uh, equipment or whatever it is. All we know is that war is going to be over, and Israel is going to wipe all of those nations out. They're going to spread out, take more land, and uh, that's going to set up for the next war. So what you're seeing taking place in Syria now, they're getting a lot closer. We've already seen this week. We're starting to see Damascus walls set on fire. And in, in the uh, Jeremiah prophecy, it talks about the fire coming on Damascus. So these things are not just coincidence. These are very, very special references to nations that are going to be uh, finding themselves fulfilling in Bible prophecy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly true. And every day it's... It seems like it's going to explode any minute. Oh, man. No, I, I don't Listen, know if it's going to. Let me read you one thing, an excerpt from Bashar al-Assad. And this okay. says, Syria will strike and set fire to the Middle East if foreign foe or forces choose to launch a military strike on the, the, uh, the protest-ridden country. The Iranian news agency fires quoted President Bashar al-Assad is saying on Tuesday, referring to remarks made by the Syrian leader during the meeting with the Turkish foreign minister. And this, this took place last October, or August, excuse me. And during the meeting with the Turkish FM, the FARC report claimed Assad indicated that Syria would not hesitate to strike major Israeli cities if it were attacked. If a if so if a crazy measure is taken against Damascus, this is his quote now, I will need no more than six hours to transfer hundreds of rockets and missiles to the Golan Heights, fire them at Tel Aviv. In other words, he was going to shoot them at the capital. The yeah. airport. That's, I mean, he was going to start firing those missiles in, knowing that he, he's going to lose power anyway. So, yep. And I believe that we're getting very close to him doing that since the rebels are pressing in on Bashar al-Assad right now this week. Huh. Yeah, you figure it's going to, you know, you know something's got to finally come to a conclusion. I mean, it's just too much things going around the Middle East, especially around Syria. 
it's it's happening with everyone. It's happening with the Palestinians. Well, look at also today, for example, uh, let me see if I can go get this article for you. The Hamas today, uh, they said that they were at an open war now with Israel. Came right out and said it today. And obviously, if, if people that have been to my website, they they should understand that I told them that the Hamas, you know, is not, they're not out to make peace with Israel. They never have been. Their charter calls for the destruction of Israel, and uh-huh. they've been shooting missiles and rockets from Lebanon into Israel. They haven't stopped. I told the people that they weren't going to stop. And so today's news, the headline, Hamas says, now an open war with Israel promises the gates of hell. This is, this is the, what, they are, what they're saying in the news. And there was another oh. an article that came out, and it said Israel launches military operation in Gaza. So one of the things that I, I would like to make everybody mm-hmm. understand is this. When you go into my website or if you want to Google the war plans of two, the PLO war plans of 2011, in those war plans that came out by the PLO, they had two objectives. One of the objectives was that they were going to launch missiles into Israel, mortars into Israel. And they wanted to do this to entice Israel to attack the Gaza Strip. And once they did that, they would be going to the United Nations. And in the United Nations, they would make a stink and that they would try to get the world to come against Israel. Well, let me tell you, last week it certainly looks like that operation has been taken in effect because they've poured in more missiles and rockets, 160 of them since Saturday. And now they are, the Israelis are in the process of calling up their troops. This is the news that I just got before I came over here to do this interview. And they're calling up the reserve troops. Something big time is going down between the Palestinians and the Gaza in Israel. And according to the news that I'm reading, it looks like Israel is going to go in the way they did before. Now, things may change, but it certainly doesn't look that way. And if that happens, we may just be plunged into Psalm 83. I don't know for sure, but I'll tell you, I'm watching it like crazy. Yeah. So do you believe that the United States will have anything to do with this, or you think Barack Obama is going to um, stay out of it. I think, well, considering if it happens this fast, I I don't believe that the United States is going to have any time to move a number of troops over there to protect Israel, first of all. Second of Uh, all, they already have, they got the, uh, these rockets set up that the, uh, the dome, the iron dome, that a lot of this equipment came from the United States and they've been uh, training with it and they're getting ready and they've been using this from a lot of these missiles that have been launched over uh, from the Palestinian, from the Gaza Strip and from these other areas of Lebanon. So I believe that, uh, yeah, the United States is not going to get involved in this to any great extent because I really believe that this war is going to happen really fast and Israel is going to have to take care of it himself. And obviously, if you know Ezekiel chapter 37, God said that he was going to raise up this great army and Israel has proven to be this great army. Now, there's one thing that people ought to scratch their heads about. Think about this. In, on May 14th, of 1948, when Israel became a nation, and by the way, 
that prophecy took place just the way the prophet said it would. It was going to happen in a 24-hour period of time. And so we saw that happen, and then at 12 o'clock, Israel was attacked. All right? So let's think about this now. If you're a, a Muslim and you believe in Allah, ask yourself this question. How is it that a nation who's the size of Connecticut, outnumbered sometimes 100 to 1, didn't have a formal army, they couldn't even speak together as a, as a unit, how is it that they won that war? And then how is it that Allah did not win that war and then Allah did not win the next war in 1967? Why is it that Allah, if he's supposed to be all this powerful God for the Muslims, why is it that in 1973 when the, when the Arabs and the rest of those armies surrounding Israel came down on Israel on Yom Kippur on their, one of their Jewish holidays, why is it that Allah lost that battle against this tiny little nation? And when you see what's going to happen with Psalm 83, you're going to think that what happened in these other wars fail, just fails in comparison to what's going to happen in the Psalm 83 war. And before that war happens, I would just like, if there's any Muslims out there, and I love all the Muslims, I'm praying that when they see this information from God, that they will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But when they see that Israel is still standing, this tiny nation who's defeated all these massive armies, better start asking your question, is Jehovah God, the God of Israel, more powerful than Allah? Well, obviously, in the context of history and the battles, most definitely. They haven't won a battle yet. They haven't won yeah. a battle yet. Allah has not won a battle yet. So, and, and if they don't believe the Psalm 83 war, just hang around and see what's going to happen in the Ezekiel war, because... That war is even going to be worse. You believe those wars are both going to be fast? Because it sounds like to me both 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 uh, events are going to be very fast, especially Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and it also gives a hint. Um, from what I see, I don't I don't believe Isaiah seventeen is by itself. It it, it could be a precursor to Psalms eighty-three or during Psalms eighty-three, but it wouldn't be after Psalms eighty-three. So. Uh, uh, Isaiah 17 I, gives a, I, yeah. I think you're on the right track I, I really do I think that uh, there was a possibility But yeah. only, you know, only God knows for sure But I do think that yeah. there's a good possibility That we're going to see all those prophecies Fulfilled at the same time uh, Psalm, yeah. The Psalm 83 And Ezekiel Or not the Ezekiel But the Psalm 83 and Isaiah and Jeremiah Those prophecies I think that for sure If Bashar al-Assad does what he says he's going to do And attacks Israel then Israel would pounce on Syria right away, fulfilling that yeah. prophecy, and then the rest of it will just be uh, coming as a, as a side note to finish the rest yeah, of that right. prophecy. Now, the Ezekiel prophecy, I believe that that's going to happen really, really quick uh, because the massive army that will be pouring down, Israel is not going to be able to do anything. Um, they're not going to be able to, to maneuver that much that quick because you're talking about an army of maybe 40 to 70 million Muslims pouring down on Israel. I remember in 1980 when Hayatol Haneni was in power, and I still have the article. It said that he armed an army of Muslims of 40 to 50 million people, and that was back in 1980. And so when Ezekiel 38 comes, the whole world is going to think, this is it for Israel. They're finally going to meet their end. They're going to be destroyed. 
but they haven't seen the act of God yet because when God steps in on that war, all of those armies, as a matter of fact, it says that one five-sixth of the entire army will be completely destroyed. So there's not going to be very many people left to go home. And what does this tell you? Well, when you read Scripture and you see that the Muslims, the Islamic side that are going to be destroyed in the Psalm 83 war, and now you're going to see the rest of these people, the Muslims who are coming down, a lot of them the Muslim Brotherhood and the Hamas and all these other people, the Muslims, and when they're wiped out, you're, you're not going to see the Muslim faith propagate like it is right now because God is, ta- God is going to take care of it. And that's why I want the people to understand you need to know what's going to happen if you step against God because he's showing you this information to keep you safe from what's coming. So if you're one of those Islamic soldiers coming against Israel, you'll know what to expect when you come against not Israel. You're going to be coming against God. And that's a position I don't think anybody wants to be in when you're on the wrong side of that state. Amen. Amen to that. That is true. That is true. We're going to take a break, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to continue on. Anybody in the chat room have any questions, uh, uh, go ahead and put it in the chat room. We'll, we'll go from there. We'll be right back. It's story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. Before the Melissa Hunt's mind, as the bridge was awaited. Melissa? Melissa, they've only been available for a couple of hours, but already more than 100 New Yorkers have applied for the new enhanced driver's license. Officials say that they'll make crossing borders like here at the Peace Bridge safer and faster. Now, starting June 2009, federal law will require you to either have the enhanced driver's license or a passport to enter into the U.S. from Canada, the Caribbean, or Bermuda. Now, the new enhanced driver's license has a special radio frequency chip inside that will make it faster at the border crossing. Now, for a regular renewal, the enhanced license costs $80. That's $30 more than a regular license, but a passport costs more than $100. Now, a birth certificate will suffice at the border until June 2009, and it will always be accepted for children under 16. Now, it used to be that 8,000 forms of ID were accepted at the border, but come June, it, that number will only be six. But why should a traveler pick an enhanced license over a passport, a Nexus card, or a new passport card? Enhanced driver's license makes the most. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gifts of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
You're listening to the Proud Voice on Blog Talk Radio. Now, be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host, once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the Prophecy Zone. Maneuvers with Israel. That's how close they were. 
But what happened is when the Fatullo left Turkey to go down into Palestine to drop off uh, supposedly uh, people that they, the Israelis thought that there was arms on board like they've been smuggling before, that Israel boarded the, the ship and there was a lot of people that got killed on both sides. And when that happened, the friendship between Turkey and Israel died instantly. And over the course of a year and a half, Israel has become a real main enemy of Turkey, all right? So we're seeing allies, and then we saw Egypt, what, what just happened with the presidency of Marseille, who's not only is a Muslim Brotherhood, but he's bringing in Sharia law, which I told people were going to happen last year. And so little by little, we're seeing nation after nation coming against Israel. Now, if Israel goes back into the Gaza Strip, uh, you better just let all everybody know that the mainstream media is going to go after Israel. Oh, Even yeah. though Israel is only protecting their people, this has been evident through the news broadcasting over the years. Every time, well, for example, Israel got 7,000 rockets shot into Israel before Benjamin Netanyahu attacked the, the Gaza Strip. Yep. Now, I don't think Barack Obama would wait for 7,000 missiles coming into the United States before he launched an attack on the enemies. But the patience of Benjamin Netanyahu was outlasted, obviously. And then when they went in to stop the aggression, they moved their tanks, they sent in the, the Air Force, and all of a sudden the world is against Israel because, well, Israel is this massive army and, you know, the Palestinians don't have this much but the fact of the matter is, the Palestinians have exactly what Iran has given them, including 50 to 60 quad troops, elite troops that they just sent over into Lebanon. And why are they there? It's because they're, they're satellite nations now of Iran. And Iran is instigating all of those neighboring, uh, the bordering nations to come against Israel. And little by little, they're listening to them. They're setting up for war and the rest of the world is falling in line, including the United States, who Barack Obama has thrown Israel under the bus. Yeah. So you're right, yeah. right there. Now, one of the things that in my post today, there wasn't very much news about Jordan, but I do have a lot of news in my book about Jordan. But one of the things that I, I wanted to show up, because right after I was almost done posting today, there was some more information about Jordan. Now, we know that the Arab Spring... Uh, uh, toppled over a lot of these uh, leaders. And so back in May, for example, of 2011, one of the articles that I bring out, there was an article from the Times Online that said King Abdullah of Jordan's ultimatum, peace now or it's war next year. So he was talking about the failing peace process. If they can't get this peace process going, which had still been stalled for the last two years, that there was going to be war. Now, he may have got the date wrong, but he's in line to exactly what the prophet told us in Psalm 83. But much more than that, today's news. When you look at today's news, riots are breaking out in Jordan right now. And it says, that this is the headline that I put at my post today, the, the riots in Jordan, they spark Arab Spring Revolution. And when you read the article, it's talking about the same things that brought on the riots that started the Arab Spring. And what was that? The price hikes, the food. People can't afford to buy food. And it's, what it did is it fanned the, the spark, this violence, 
and then you saw 14 of these nations come against their leaders. And, and of course, this is fulfillment of prophecy where the Lord told us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 through 7, the kingdom would come against kingdom. And we're seeing that. So all of these things are taking place at the same exact time. Now, Jordan, obviously, I believe that we may see the exact same thing that happened with Egypt, uh, and it may take a little bit longer, but I believe that Jordan will is going to fall in line with the rest of those countries. They have to because God is never wrong. Wow. Yeah. And also so, in August of this year, August 5th, when you talk about the Saudis, people say, well, we don't hear too much about the Saudis. Well, there was an article that came out on the, the 5th, August 5th of 2012, with the headline, the, the Saudi king invites Ahmadinejad to extend the ordinary Islamic solidarity meeting in Mecca. And so he's lining up with the very people that God said that he was going to destroy. Yeah. And people think that this is a coincidence. <laughs> It is not a coincidence. God is showing us in detail the lining up, the coming together of the Smitty's peace puzzle uh, that is going to end up in destruction, and we know what kind of destruction that is. Obviously, it's going to be the Psalm 83 war. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get your take, um, and, I, and, and uh, a lot of people probably understand what I'm saying. Some people pro against it, probably, you know, a lot more people against it now, especially, but... <laughs> Um, the Feast of Trumpets, um, and, and, and the reason why I ask that question is not because I'm, a, I'm on the bandwagon for Feast of Trumpets. I'm, I believe it can happen at any moment, Jesus coming back for the rapture of the church. Mm-hmm. But um, speak to me about the Feast of Trumpets. Is there is there still a possibility that um, many people will be looking somewhere else and, 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 and out of nowhere on the Feast of Trumpets, the, the rapture can still happen? Um, well, I know I know that God has He has given us times and seasons. We know this from the Book of Genesis, right, right off the start. And we, yeah. what we do know, what we can do. Let's let's look at what we can do from what we know in prophecy, and we, what we know from the history of uh, the life of Jesus Christ. And what we do know is that Jesus fulfilled on the exact day the the. Biblical holidays. For example, on Passover, we saw the death of Jesus Christ on the very day. And then you have the unleavened bread. And, of course, this was the burial of Jesus Christ. And then you have the resurrection, which is the Jewish holiday of the first fruits. And then exactly 50 days later, you have Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit came. Now, this is exactly on those very days. So everything Jesus did on his first coming landed and were fulfilled on the festival days, the times and the seasons. As a matter of fact, Paul wrote of the brothers of the times and the seasons, I don't need to write to you because you will know. So, you know, is he talking about spring, fall, summer? No, he's talking about the biblical holidays, the Jewish holidays. Now, if Jesus fulfilled all four spring festivals on the exact day than they, what they were supposed to be fulfilled on, the next one in line is the Feast of Trumpets. And, of course, the Feast of Trumpets would be the ingathering or the calling of the saints away. Now, what I tell people, I don't, I've never set dates. You've got to be crazy to set a date. But yeah. all I do know is I'm looking at what Jesus did in the first coming. And if he fulfilled on those very days, there's a high likability 
that Jesus will be coming at some point on the Feast of Trumpets. Now, it wasn't this year. Could it be next year? Possibly. I'm never going to give a date for it because I don't know. But I'm just saying the odds against him not coming on the Feast of Trumpets stand against it because we know that, as I said, the first four uh, of these holidays were fulfilled on the very day. So what I do in my ministry, I warn the people, let's be at a heightened alert during September the Feast of Trumpets on those two days. Now, what's very interesting about the Feast of Trumpets is the Feast of Trumpets is held on a two-day, it's a 48-hour period of time, uh, yeah. and it's, the Jews consider this as only one day. And the reason why they do this is because that festival does not start until they have the sighting of the new moon. So that is the only festival where nobody knows the day or the hour because you don't know when the, the full the sighting of the full moon is going to be spotted. And this uh-huh. is how they did it in the in the Old Testament. They had special people designated to keep an eye on the you know the moon, and when they saw it, they lit fires on the hill. The next hill would be lit up, and then the Jews would know that the festival began. So we can't tell you. Nobody can tell you when the Lord would come back if He chose to come back. On the Feast of Trumpets. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that, and this, and this is just me being funny, uh, in my process of humor, but I always thought a good time for Jesus to come back and nobody expected it during Christmas or sometime around there. Because everybody would be too busy shopping and getting ready to go. Um, all the kids would be home and, and ready to go to school, and, you know, people would be on vacation somewhat sometimes, and um, boom. I'll be honest with you. The way Christianity is going in the world where people who claim that they're Christians but they really don't have this personal relationship with the Lord, you know them by their fruits. This is what the Lord told us. You'll know them by their life. If they're yeah. out doing pornography, if they're out in the drunkards, if, they, you know, if these people never read the word, if they're doing everything contrary to the word of God, what yeah. kind of fruits are falling up by their feet? It's their dead fruits. Jesus uh-huh. references this in the, the first three chapters of the book of Revelation where he gives the messages to the seven churches. Yeah. And so it's very important to really examine yourself to figure out, am I really a Christian or am I just playing this game? Because yeah. people are going to understand very, very soon and put the red flag up. I don't, you know, I tell the people when Frank said something, put the red flag up because people are going to see some major developments coming down the pipe pretty soon, and then they're going to uh-huh. understand this is no longer a game. That yeah. what Christ has said to us is in fact the truth, and people need to wake up and to yeah. start living their life for Christ. Yeah, Amen, Amen, and that's full heartedly aiming. To enter into the narrow gate, it's, a, it's it's people. I don't know if they understand what I'm be saying sometimes, but I, I'm saying that you have to aim into heaven. You can't just floppily get there um, half-heartedly. Um, that's what he spoke to the churches uh, in Revelations. Uh, right. he, he, he talked about, I wish that you were hot or cold, because if you're cold, I can identify you're leasing. And, and you know, the, a lot of times the world says, yeah, I know, I know I'm not I'm not right with God. I know. But at least they know. But you get well, a you know, Knowing and doing something about it are two different things. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, you know, I tell what people look at Satan knows Jesus Christ. He knows who he is, but does he worship yeah. him? No. <laughs> yeah. That is true. You know, that is there's true. a lot of people sitting in church that don't know Jesus Christ. They're just there. They're yeah. going through tradition. Yeah. And we see the yeah. deeds of the Nickelodeons where Christ talks about the church. You know, he's in reference to the Nickelodeons. That's a hierarchy over people, the Catholic church or any church that has clergy over people of authority. Yeah. He never yeah. wanted that. He hated those things. He tells us right there in his word. But yeah. yet we have churches that are formed like this. You got the Pope. You got the all these different organizations. Or, you know, they're they're towering over people, and uh-huh. uh, these things are all going to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. I rather be I rather be cold though than lukewarm. At least, at least you know you're 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 not right. I mean, when you're no, when you're warm, you know, when you when you're lukewarm. What. When you look warm, you don't know. You, you, you're living in deception. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's also distorted knowledge. So if you look warm, you have a, you, you're not getting it. <laughs> well, the best thing to do is to be on fire for the Lord. On, amen. On Hallelujah. Warm. Amen. You don't want to yeah, get out, you know, whether you're lukewarm, cold, or whatever. You don't want to be in that situation. You want Amen. to be one of those Christians that the Lord looks at you and says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Yes. But yes. there's there's some. If you're watching, if you if you've studied the Bible and you've been watching the news, uh, you see that there's no doubt that everything is lining up. For example, look at Sudan. Not too many people focus on Sudan, but Sudan is lining up with. Uh, uh, with the Palestinians, and Sudan is going to be in, in the uh, Ezekiel chapter 38 war. All right? Yeah. So when you look at just October 25th of this year, just, you know, two and a half weeks ago, what happened? Israel attacks Sudan. Did you did you see that article? They uh-huh. attacked, they hit the Iranian, uh, Iran. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. He, he had yeah. set up, they had this, the uh, ammunition uh, warehouse that Israel yeah. went in, they blew it up. Okay? Yeah, I heard Well, that. right there, after that took place, it said that the uh, Sudan was an enemy of uh, Israel now. Now, why is that? It's because mm-hmm. Sudan was, you know, one of the nations that God is outlining, and he's showing us the things that are coming together to bring these enemies together to come against Israel. Sudan is Ezekiel 38 and 39, right? Pardon me? Sudan is in Ezekiel 38 and 39, right? Yes, they are. They're Cush of the Old Testament. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to make it so everybody understand that. Yeah, yep. Wow. So so what is the um, amount of United States armory? Because... I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they, they they've never moved any of the aircraft carriers back here. I mean, they never they're still out there. And as a matter of fact, from what I've heard, um, there is a lot of uh, border um, on Jordan border, on uh, Syrian border. Uh, there's a lot of United States and Israeli soldiers masking on those, including the European Union. So I, I mean, well, they're all there now. Yeah. The question is, would they really do anything to help them? I don't know. We're we're going to find out real soon. But we do know from Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight uh, when it talks about the young lions of Tarshish. Well, Tarshish in the Old Testament is Great Britain, and yeah. the young lions would be the break off of 
Great Britain, which would have been the United States, Canada, and Australia. And it's not a mistake or an accident or a coincidence that these nations are the nations that are in the theater right now in the Middle East. Yeah. But when you read the scriptures, you'll see that the young lions don't don't do anything except give a formal protest. Uh-huh. Why is that? I mean, because God is going to, he is the one who's going to destroy those nations. It won't be yeah. the United States, and it's not even going to be the IDF, Israel Defense Force. It's going to be God. But, but that that seems like it would be a big-time portrayal, because from, from what I see, and what I just got through saying and what you said earlier, there's a military buildup in the Middle East, and the United States has a lot of soldiers and the military personnel there. So if if that's the case... Uh, yeah, I, I understand case, what you're saying, but let, let's betrayal. look at this. Where are most of our soldiers right now? Uh, probably at home getting drunk, but I'm just joking. Well, no. um, well I'm just joking. <laughs> they yeah, took them out of Iraq, yeah. and they moved them into <laughs> Afghanistan. Yeah. We, yeah. When the when the massive army comes, like we see, is going to be coming from Ezekiel thirty eight. The United yeah. States isn't going to have a, enough troops to do anything, and the only way that anybody could win that many against that many forces is to nuke them. Yeah. Now, yeah. what we see in the scriptures is God does this. He's the one that's going to fire down on them. He's going to be doing this kind of thing. It may look like a nuclear war, but we see from the scripture that whatever it is, God is going to do it. So yeah. we do know the outcome of this certainly looks like some kind of limited nuclear blast or something, maybe even the same kind of condition that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with the fire that God rained down to wipe those people out. I don't know. All I know is the bottom line is this. When all of those nations attack Israel, Israel will still be standing at the end of the day. Amen. Well, they, you know you know that they, uh, in Ezekiel 39, it talks about the stench, the smell, um, and the passerbyers have to plug their nose, I'm guessing that they're passing by in a vehicle or driving or whatever. And um, it, and, it, and it talks about um, they had to mark all the bodies and, and I mean, yeah. and it took, took seven years to bury the, 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 the burn the weapons. Do you think that seven years to burn the weapons is a good clue that uh, for all those post-trivers and mid-trivers that maybe that, that the rapture of the church is, is Actually, I'm sorry that this war starts. Uh, forget the rest of the church. I, I mean, I mean to say that that the um, Ezekiel 38, 39 war happens prior to. Yes. So you, I do, you think and I yes, I do. I believe that, and I believe that the uh, the seven years that uh, you know the, in the scriptures it talks about them not being they're not going to take anything down. So. Let me let me tell you the scripture. This way the people won't have to guess what it is. It's from Ezekiel yeah. chapter 38, or excuse yeah. me, 39. I'm going to start reading in verse 9. It says, uh, And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set, set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bunklers and the bows and the arrows, and the hand stays and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years so that they shall take no wood out of their field, neither cut down any out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those who have spoiled them, and rob those that have robbed them, saith the Lord. All right, so what we do know is, think about this. When Israel became a nation again, they didn't have any trees. 
the people who conquered that land made it barren. And one of the first things that the Israelis did when they moved back in in 1948 is they started to plant these trees. And now, literally, if you go to Israel, uh, and I was fascinated by the number of trees, but there's millions and millions of trees all over Israel. And so that part of the prophecy has already been fulfilled. The trees are standing there that the Lord will not allow those Jews to cut down. So that we know. The second thing we know is the time period is seven years. That's the length of the tribulation period, which is another indication that the war, um, the Antichrist will probably come out at the end of that war and make a peace agreement for seven years. Yeah. And that will be the beginning, as, as we know from Daniel 9:27, that the man of sin is going to confirm a covenant with many. And uh, that will be, you know, the peace, the peace that they're trying to get established now is yeah. not going to go anywhere because it's fallen apart. It's been stalled for two years, like I said earlier in this broadcast. But we know that there's a peace agreement that is coming that they will solidify for a period of seven years. And, of course, the Antichrist yeah. is the one that's going to be doing that. So I believe that we'll see the ant. We, we may be possibly, because only God knows when he's going to come for the church, but there's a possibility that we will see Psalm 83, and we could even see Ezekiel chapter 38. But then after that, we see that in Thessalonians, that which hinders will be taken out of the way before the Antichrist is re- revealed. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that being said, um, the Bible calls uh, an individual, I say any individual, I'm not, I'm not putting a name on it nothing, but he talks about Malachi, calls him the Assyrian. Um, the Assyrian Empire, of course, encompasses Syria, uh, Iraq, and some parts of Turkey, and probably Lebanon, because since Lebanon used to be Syria. Um, do you believe that the Antichrist would be a, uh, from Syria? Uh, there's, there's a possibility that he could be, but I do know that he's going to come from the, the revived Roman Empire. And the yep. way things are going in Europe right now, if you take a look, the migration of Muslims to Europe, it's almost like Europe has turned into a Muslim nation. Yeah, and a lot, yeah. of people ask, a lot uh-huh. of people say, well, why is it that Germany would be attacking in the Ezekiel War? Well, if you take a look at the migration numbers from Turkey into Germany, you'll see that Germany is loaded with Muslims. And when that attack comes, I believe that those Germans, those the Muslims who have migrated to Germany, will be the ones that God has shown us that will be coming from Germany. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, now, just, I didn't... just before I left, uh, a lot of people know about Joel Rosenberg. Joel Rosenberg was, you know, he's a great uh, communications advisor. He was a communications advisor for a lot of high-powered people. Uh, one of them was Ross Limbaugh and also Benjamin Netanyahu. He was very close, and he still is very close with the prime minister. And just before yeah. I left, I went to uh, his Facebook, and he wrote this. And, of course, this is November the 14th today. And this is an update straight out of Israel from him. It says, we urgently need Christians around the world to pray for the peace and to mobilize your family, friends, and churches to pray and fast. The situation here is rapidly coming from bad to worse. And this yeah. is reflecting, this is reflect those birth things that I was talking about from Mark 13, 8. 
Then it goes on to say, it is nearly midnight here, and the battle between Hamas and Israel has been intensifying hour by hour throughout the day. Hamas Islamic Jihad and other Palestinian terror organizations backed by Iran are firing rockets, missiles, and mortars and innocent civilians in Israel along the southern border. Each act is a war crime. The Iranian-backed terrorists are also firing from behind innocent civilians in Gaza. All of these names, by the way, are in the Psalm 83, uh, often from hospitals, mosques, and schools. Thus, each act is actually a two war, two war crimes. In just the past several hours, the terrorists have fired more than 50 times at Israel. That's more than 100 war crimes. And since Saturday, they have fired an Israeli citizens more than 200 times. That's more than 400 war crimes. And yet the world is are paying very little attention and doing little to stop the terrorist attack. Israel, therefore, is moving swiftly to defend itself. And, of course, what are they going to be doing? I'm looking for them to roll into the Gaza. Man, we are very – I can't – I really can't tell the people how important this news is. And I've been telling the people on my site, those people that have been faithful coming to listening uh, to my information, connecting the dots, I told the people the Hamas and the, the Palestinians are not going to stop sending those rockets. They are going to say that they want peace and security. They're going to call ceasefires, and then they're going to break them immediately, and that's exactly what they're doing. And now today, yeah. November 14th, Israel is at one of the crescent periods of their uh, of their life. I really believe that. And, of course, we're going to see what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they use that, um, dome? you mentioned that earlier about the, the, the shield, the dome shield. Didn't they use that? Because I, I, was I was sort of watching the news. It was down because I was doing something else. The TV was down. Yeah, yeah. And they are using... Yes, yeah. uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, oh, no, 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 the, no. Patri- the, the Patriot missiles, they're using that yeah. uh, at the dome. Yes, they are. They're shooting some down, but they're, there's a lot of them that are getting through, too. So, But this oh, is all, wow. all this is doing, you got to understand, go back to the uh, – Let me. I'm going to go back because I have my computer open. I'm going to go back, and hopefully this will bring in uh, really clear for everybody – that needs to understand why the PLO are doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, you might, have said that early, you might have said it earlier, but I didn't hear it because I'm remembering that. Right. Yeah. right. Well, I'm gonna, I'll actually read from this article now. This came uh, a couple days before the end of 2010. In other words, the beginning almost 2011. And the headline reads, Column 1, The Wars of 2011. Israel must be prepared for two things this uprising year, a missile war with Hamas and a political war with Fatah. Now, let me, I'm just going to go down and highlight here for you the major meat of this article. It says, these are the two corridors of the Palestinian war plans for 2011. Hamas will launch illegal missile war to provoke the IDF campaign in Gaza. Does this sound like November 14th or what? Then it goes on to say, Iran, Syria, Hezbollah, Turkey, the UN, and a vast array of the NGOs and the leftist governments from Norway to Brazil will support its illegal war. 
Then it goes on, Fatah will escalate its political war. Its campaign will be supported by the U.S., the EU, the U.N., and a vast array of NGOs and these leftist governments. The purpose of these two campaigns, which complement one another, are, are which will likely culminate in the U.N. in September, and of course they now the date is November the 29th of this month, is weaken Israel's military and politically with the shared purpose of destroying it in the fullness of time. So what they're actually doing and what we're seeing in the news right now today they're carrying out the war plan that they established in 2011. And this is why they want Israel to come pouring in on them. And I think that Israel is going to take the bait, and they're going to go after it. Now, they have to. Uh, they're in a, in a rock and a hard place because they can't just allow these missiles that they're, they're sending on a daily basis now. You just saw 200 of these things to keep falling in on their citizens. They're going to have to move. So they got the Palestinians have a good war plan, but the war plan is going to backfire because they are going to lose. And according to what we see in Psalm 83, Psalm 83 even tells us that they they got a plan, a crafty plan that they devised. And I believe, who knows, this might be that exact plan that the Lord was pointing to in Psalm 83. Yeah, yeah. So what about Hamas? I know Hamas has 40,000 rockets, probably more by now. Well, they have 50 to 60 right now. And, of course, uh, this news this afternoon. Uh, For example, let's go back, because I was talking about in October, October 24th of 2012. The headline at that time was reading Hamas opens the second, the, the round two, 13 more missiles on the south. And they haven't stopped since October the 24th. It's their plans. They're carrying out their plans. In today's news, they Hamas came right out and said, we have an open war with Israel right now. That's what oh. they just said today. Uh-huh. Wow. Then oh, they said that we opened the gates of hell. That's what they said. So it, it, it's coming. It's just I'm telling you we're going to wake up soon, and we're going to see some major, major birth things. And, man, people, I'm hoping that people will remember what I told them based on what the Lord showed me and what the Lord shows anybody that reads the text. The word of the Lord is alive, and it's coming in our generation. I'm I'm excited. I I hate war. I don't like death. But what I'm excited about is knowing that my God is an all-knowing God, and when he speaks, he speaks truth. And when you read what he said to look for, count on it to happen. It's not a maybe or if it is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And when you read Ezekiel, you'll see that God picks a very special day. He is marked on his calendar one day that's a special day that he is designated to sanctify his name through those armies to pour in on Israel. Amen. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, uh, so we, we're going to take a, a, a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. 
This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture an American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the new world order? The people who are talking about the new world order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in three, two, one. The Prophecy Zone with your... Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in three, two, one. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East. The Mark of the Beast. The European Superstate. Russia. China. Syria. And more. So set back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. And be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. All right, so we have about 30 minutes left, so we can continue to review what's probably tomorrow. And, uh, 
you do not want to be messing around with Israel. And that just shows us that the man is really either he doesn't know anything about Christianity or he does and he simply doesn't care. And I'll leave that up to you to determine. But I know from observing what he is doing that his fruits are rotten. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be the first head of state to may go through the back door, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. So the fruits of um, uh, doing that to Israel, um, you heard one of my commercials from John McTernan, uh book called as, a, as, 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 as Done of, uh, what is the name of it, America Done to Israel. Right, the and, curse um, that come on the people who come against it. I have a chapter in my book on that. Yeah. What's been yeah. happening? Wow, wow. The I, think John McTernan, I think in his book he stops around 2005, and I mine is all mine goes all the way out to 2011, the latter part of 2011. The yeah. different curses, you know what happens, and uh, yeah, there, wow. you can people you cannot if you come against Israel expect problems. I mean, you yeah. look at the United States. Our economy is the worst it's ever been, almost since uh-huh. the depression. We're we're heading towards the cliff to going into a depression. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we have these major storms that are inundating. They're wiping out crops. We see drought like we've never seen before, and we're going back into another dust bowl, it looks like. The food prices are going through the sky, and, of course, all of these things are related to Bible prophecy. Revelation chapter 6, verse 6 tells them that people are going to have to work all day long for one small meal of wheat or barley. And you cannot, you just cannot, um, you can't, you can't do this thinking that you're not going to yeah. feel this. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it said uh, in the Word of God that uh, if they, a man's wages, a uh, day's wages will buy a loaf of bread. That's crazy. It wouldn't even be a loaf of bread. It's a quarter a week, and that's only enough for one person, and that's only one meal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Total, 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 total collapse of society um, seems to be the case, and I think though God, he, Jesus was kind of was, was articulating that when he said that um, the love of many shall wax cold. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, there, there. You know, it took thirty-six, almost thirty-seven years of my life to put all these documents together. I yeah. put the book together like a lawyer would present a case, uh, so that the people would be the jury. They would see what the Lord said, and then when you actually look at what is happening. There is and all the circumstantial evidence that's been piled up, and these are not just general prophecies. These are very, very specific prophecies. Yeah. And they're all happening in one generation. And, of course, we know that our generation is the generation. And how do we know that? Because Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24. I heard Joel Rosenberg today. He was giving a speech. It was a while back. And they asked him about, what do you think that our generation is the generation that God has chosen to see all these things take place? 
And he said, well, I, I don't want to say for sure, but let me show you what the Lord has to say about this. I love Joe Rosenberg, but I really disagree with his, what he said here. Yeah. Because we do know. In, Revela- or in uh, Matthew chapter 24, it says this, starting in verse 33. And so likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Now verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. It says it right there. And our generation is the only generation who has seen everything in his hour of discourse that the Lord told us to watch for. And so now that we've seen all of these things, we know that this is the generation who has been chosen to see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he even goes in to talk about in the days of Noah. So it will be again. There's no other generation who fits that. Up until now, we're, we're starting to see nation after nation that are going into homosexuality. Yes. No yes, question. Indeed. We are the generation. Before the before all of the Israelis die, we're going to see Jesus Christ come back to this earth. And especially when when Paul said of the, of the times and the seasons, I don't need the right to write these. We know. They're all happening now. And so when the Lord tells us in Isaiah 48, verses 2 to 5, he's, he's telling us the things in the future before they happen, we're already living in it. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I, I ran my um, cell phone into the microphone. Oh, it's okay. And it made a squeech sound. <laughs> now, one yeah. thing that people ought to look at, Ezekiel chapter uh, you know, it, it, Ezekiel 38, it talks about Iran. Iran is mentioned there. But also Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 49, uh, 35 talks about uh, Elam. And it says this, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will break thy bow of Elam, the foremost of her might. Now, Elam is part of Iran. It's, yeah. Elam is actually bordered where the old Babylonian Empire was bordered, all right? So what a lot of people don't understand is there's been a lot of war talk going on between Israel and the uh, Ahmadinejad, the, the president of Iran. And that yep. war talk is over this nuclear power plant that the Iranians are using to build the nuclear bombs that they're going to use against Israel. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is Elam is in, guess what? It's in the very spot where, in the Bashar plant, where Israel wants to strike, Elam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we know that there's going to be massive, massive problems because of this. Israel cannot afford uh, to go through another Holocaust, and they're not going to wait for uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, the supreme leader, or Ahmadinejad, their president, to launch that nuclear bomb. There's something going to have to happen. They're going to stop yeah. them. So yeah. that's another thing that we should be looking for. Oh, yeah. Wow. The uh, United States economy, um, what do you see for the future of the economy? I see right now we have a $16 trillion debt. If we, if we had – let me try to put this in perspective for you. If we spent – I think it was they went like this: a dollar every second um, for 32 years, we'd pay off one 
a dollar every second for every day, every year, for the next 32,000 years, we would pay off $1 trillion in debt. But we, we're in $16 trillion in debt. Yeah. <laughs> America is not going to be able to dig out of that. And wow. all they're doing is spending money. And what this yeah. tells us is America is in for some deep, deep troubles. Now, if the only way that we can be saved is if we do the same thing Nineveh did. They repented, yeah. and uh, God spared that nation. But if, if uh, Barack Obama continues on the course that he's doing, going against Israel, this country will be finished. And a, oh, lot, yeah. a lot of people say maybe that's why the United States isn't mentioned anywhere else in the scriptures. And I think that they have a good point. Now, the only point that I know or the place that I see any mention of the United States at all would be in Ezekiel chapter 38 when it mentions the young lions who do nothing but give a formal protest. And they might only be able to give the formal protest because they don't have enough power anymore to do anything. Hmm. And the war costs are billions and billions of dollars every day, and it's just killing us. As a matter of fact, Ben Laden said that he's going to do the same thing that he did to the Russian army, then he bankrupt them, and that's <laughs> that's exactly what happened to Russia. They went into bankruptcy on that war, and then yeah. guess what happened? Later on, ten years or twelve years down the line, Russia found the black gold oil, and then they become this most powerful nation again. Why in the heck did that happen? I'll tell you why it happened because Russia is a main force that God showed us in Ezekiel chapter 38. They are the people who actually lead that war against Israel. So it makes a lot of sense that Israel would have found, or uh, Russia would have found this wealth, this black gold, and to build up their arms to the point where a couple, uh, last year, I believe it was, that they paid off Libya's complete debt, $4.5 billion. And then after they paid that off, the next thing that happened is, uh, Gaddafi authorized a naval port in Libya, and that naval port is still there. Now, Gaddafi's gone, but now they've got somebody else in there from Al-Qaeda that's going to be even worse than he is. And, of course, wow. I believe that that's the next guy who's been installed uh, by God to get ready for the, uh, the assault on Israel. So not yeah. only do you have a naval vessel from the Russians in, in uh, Libya, but you also have the Navy force, part of their Navy force, now in Syria, at the Syrian port. And in Ezekiel 38, it talks about this attack coming from the northern quarters. Where do you think Syria is? Now, when Israel hits Syria, if Israel is attacked by Syria, their allies are right there, the Russians. And then that's going to really tick them off, and then you can see how Ezekiel chapter 38 goes into fruition. Everything is running downstream. Everything is coming together in this generation, and it's happening faster and faster. Amen. Yeah, you, you um, remember uh, Vladimir Zirinovsky making a uh, writing a book called "A Dash to the South," and um, he yeah. uh, he was Blending running of America. Yeah, he was running for president. Um. And uh, he had promised that he was going to give vodka and, and whiskey to everybody if they voted for him. It's kind of like it's kind of like his version of the '90s version of Obama phone. But yeah, um, right. <laughs> but um, 
I I wanted to look at the culture of of Russia rather than uh, the leader of Russia because if, if we know about Perestroika, you know, and Glasnost, which is which is make people appear to be make you, make people think you're weak, but actually you, you come back later and you're strong. Um, so is it a, is it a culture thing that that they want to attack Israel? Um, because in the well, book of uh, yeah, I don't ahead. think so at all because they their uh, the influx of Muslims into Russia is uh, there's a lot of them just like in Germany and the rest of Europe. And as a matter of fact, in my book I give you an article that shows that the Russians consider uh, their nation as a, as an Islamic nation. There's so many yeah. people there. Yeah. Yeah. And you, there's another thing also. In Ezekiel, it talks about putting the hooks in their jaws and dragging, dragging them into this battle. So maybe yeah. it, maybe the effect would be that Russia doesn't want to go, but God brings them down anyway, forces them into this battle with the hook in their jaws, drags them into yeah. this battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah because they're allied. True. When you read my book, I show uh, you the ties of every one of these countries, how they've made military ties, military agreements, supporting arms, transferring of arms. It's all coming together. Every one yeah. of those nations in, in the Ezekiel 38 war, they've already come together. And now including Sudan, which has just claimed Israel as one of their primary enemies. This is all, mm. this is very current news. Yeah, very current. Um Recently, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. That, and uh, you know, then, then you look at. I mean, there's there's the peripheral. If you want to, you know, if you want to say the peripheral, uh, uh, the prophecies like the, the temple. We know that the temple is going to be rebuilt. You know, and people don't even understand. I mean, they don't know that. That's a whole new show. I mean. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about the third temple. They're getting ready to build that third temple, and yeah. uh, you know, this never happened before. So I mean, yeah. it's all—it's all happening. It, there's no doubt. And what I—what I would suggest is this: if yeah. anybody that's listening to the program tonight, if you want to challenge God, that's between you and and God. And I, I wouldn't—I would recommend that you. Start reading the word. If you don't believe, then just ask the Lord to show you the truth, and you will see that truth. And also, yeah. that take the challenge from my book. I've, I've taken the time. I've given you all the information that you possibly need, um, and that will help you to see the proof of the Lord's words coming to pass. And when you see that, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't push him off. Because this might be the last opportunity that you may ever have to receive Jesus Christ. Or it may yeah. be the last opportunity before the rapture of the church. Because okay. there's certainly going to be a lot of people who are going to be left behind who heard what I am saying and what other people are, are saying in the word. And they will understand after the church is gone, of course, they're going to have to go through the seven-year tribulation and die a martyr death in order to make it into heaven, unless you're one of those very, very fortunate people who lived through the entire tribulation, which your odds against that are probably six gazillion to two. Yeah. <laughs> Not much. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, unless I cut the time short, there can be any flesh alive. 
when he came yeah. back. It's not yeah. going to be a pretty sight. So yeah, if there's somebody out there, I, I would definitely recommend that you, you give a time where people would be able to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior tonight. Amen. Are you there? Yes. Okay, I accidentally did something really just brain-dead stupid just a few minutes ago. Uh, I don't know if I actually ended the show or not accidentally. Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I kid you not. Um, the, the, I was having problems with the computer, so I had to call back on my cell phone. And um, I was going for the button to continue, but I was listening to what you were saying. And I, and the, in the color red, the button that says to end the show is red. So the first thing I do is hit the red button. And that's exactly what I just did. <laughs> I don't know well, if we don't still record. You know, we've yeah. got a lot of information out there. Amen. And let, the, let the Lord do what he's going to do. It doesn't matter if we cut it short or not. Jesus, they yeah. heard it. 11, Isaiah 55.11 is already installed. I'm, he's going to prosper the thing that he sends out. So we got enough yeah. work out there. Amen, amen. So uh, with that being said, if the show is still on, <laughs> go ahead and um, give an altar call or, or let people know how they can, you know, get to heaven and be ready for the rapture of the church. Sure. Well, all they have to understand is Jesus said you must be born again. In John 3, 3, Jesus talked to Nicodemus. Nicodemus didn't understand it. So how could a man go back into his mother's room a second time but you know, Jesus told him, he said, you're one of these religious, one of the heads of the religion, you know, religious sect, and you don't understand these things. And so being born again is being born of the spirit that is dead in you. And what what happens when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that spirit that was dead becomes alive again. You're born again in Christ Jesus. And when that happens, you go from death to life. And when you die, if you die before the rapture or if you die a natural death, you really don't die because the day that you die is the first day of your eternal life. But if you die without having the blood of Jesus Christ in your life, your your spirit is still dead, and that means you're not covered by the Lord Jesus Christ's salvation, which means that when you're judged, you have no covering and you'll end up in the lake of fire forever, which you will never get out. And the Lord wow. has given us all of these signs to show us that, look, at, I love you. I've given you everything you need to know. You accept me. I'll give you my gift of life freely, as it says in Ephesians. It's a gift. You can't earn it. I don't care how many doors that you knock, you think of your Jehovah's Witness and all the work that you're going to do. A gift cannot be earned. God did this for us in the cross. So all I'm saying is do the things that Jesus told you to do. Receive him as your Savior. Believe that he did die for you, and believe also that on the third day it is written. Uh, for example, in John 2.19, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus rose himself from the dead, just like he said. He did this to conquer death, and in his death we have life eternal. And so all you have to do is present your name to the Lord Jesus Christ today because today is the day of salvation. You shouldn't wait. And just ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask him to write your name in his book of life that we see in the book of Revelation. 
And when you ask Jesus and you tell him you want forgiveness and you want to be led down the path of righteousness from now on, the Lord will lift you up and you'll never have the unpeace that the rest of this world has experienced today. You will have peace beyond understanding. And so it's up to you right now to do this. And if you hold off, it may be too too late for you. So it's up to you right now to bow your head and give your life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Amen. 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 Uh, Give the people your uh, information about your website, where they can find your materials and and listen to it. Well, nobody can, nobody is going to buy anything because I never charge anybody for anything. Everything is free. Uh, okay. This is what the Lord told me to do. He's blessed me, and uh, whenever I need it, I, somehow I I am able to do it. So um, you can go to my prophecy site, which is really easy, BibleProphecyMan.com. And once you're there, you'll have all of the information. And at the top of the page, I have my uh, my Facebook also that you can get to. You'll see all my radio shows that I've had. You can click to that. You'll see my partners in the ministry that we're feeding, um, feeding uh, people from many, many different countries. We're supporting uh, ministries, pastors, feeding the poor, taking care of orphanages, uh, we're doing whatever the Lord allows me to do. So it's much much more than just Bible prophecy. This is a full-blown ministry, and everything is a faith-based ministry because I don't ask anybody for anything. That's between Jesus Christ talking to people uh, for us to get the things done, and that's Amen. how I've worked in this ministry ever since the Lord put me in it. So BibleProphecyMan.com. Amen. Amen. And uh, you too? YouTube, yeah, you just go to my, uh, just all you have to do is Google Frank Tamora YouTube, and you're going to find out about 1,500 YouTubes will come up for me. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Okay, brother, well, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show, and if, if anything happens, we uh, I will, they'll uh, be encouraged for me to at least to go to your site and yeah, check everything call. out. Yeah, it was my blessing. Thank you very much for asking me to come on. Yes, sir. You have a wonderful day, and I have a blessed thank you also. God All bless right. you. you Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That's Frank Demore. Um, wonderful interview. So uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then I'm going to come back talk to you all for a little bit, and then we're going to go off the air. We'll be right back. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity Zone on Block Talk Radio. Unleavened bread, he was buried. He rose on first fruits, not the day before, not the day after. Shavuot or Pentecost happened on Pentecost. So do you understand the fall events? 
will happen on those days. That's just it. We don't know what year. We're not date setters at all. But it's important to realize. Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. God bless.